Welcome to the Classic Holdup Podcast, where we analyze media from the past. Each episode features a different host that brings a fresh take on a film, TV show, video game, or music album of their choice. What can we discover? Do old favorites have a shelf life? Will the classics hold up? everyone and welcome back to the classic hold up. My name is Cindy Rotenberg and I'm a senior at Michigan State University studying media and information with a focus in film and media production. Today we're going to be discussing and analyzing the Jagged Little Pill album by Alanis Morissette. Jagged Little Pill is the third studio album by Canadian singer Alanis Morissette and was released on June 13th, 1995. Morissette co-wrote the album with producer Glenn Ballard who she had an instant connection with. They produced an alternative rock album that took influence from post-grunge and pop rock featuring guitars, keyboards, drum machines, and harmonica. The lyrics touch upon themes of aggression and unsuccessful relationships while leaning into Morissette's angst. As someone who's always been a fan of Alanis's music, I think the message of her album aged really well because these themes are still extremely relevant today, but now they have an even bigger meaning to them. Jagged Little Pill was a huge success, topping the charts in 13 countries. With sales of over 33 million copies worldwide, it's one of the best-selling albums of all time. Jagged Little Pill was nominated for nine Grammys, winning five, including Album of the Year, and making the then 21-year-old Morissette the youngest artist to win the top honor up to that point. A musical stage production based on the album premiered at the American Repertory Theater in Cambridge, Massachusetts on May 5, 2018, and transferred to Broadway the following year. It is currently on tour across America on its first national tour. In addition to her original album being a huge success, the Jukebox Musical album was nominated for 15 Tony Awards, including Best Musical, and won a Grammy in 2021 for Best Musical Theater Album. So I grew up listening to Alanis' music, but I never really knew that it was her. My parents would constantly have her music playing on the radio when we were in the car, and it would just be on in the back. But my aunt was and still is a huge Alanis fan, and she would always mention her. When you have a name like Alanis, it's really hard to forget. And I definitely knew of some of her most popular songs like Ironic and Hand in My Pocket, and I honestly could confidently sing their lyrics. But it wasn't until I became a fan of the Jagged Little Pill musical that I really started to fall in love with her music and her really unique style. When I first saw the show, I realized that there were actually so many songs that I knew by her and I just didn't know it. And it also was crazy to me how the songs had been written literally over 25 years ago, but they still feel so relevant in 2023. One thing I also really like about this album is that it has a through line to it. Even though each song has its own meaning and story, the album as a whole has a story. And Alanis takes us through her musical journey within the album. It also has such an appeal to a younger but an older generation. And when it became popular, that's when she rose to fame. And now she's insanely popular to this day. And the album is constantly on repeat for me and her songs are always on my playlist. But that being said, I'm so excited to get into it coming up next. Thank you. 
Welcome back. So I'm joined here today by Rachel Kramer, who is a big fan of Alanis's music. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Hi, happy to be here. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name's Rachel. I'm a junior BFA stage management major at Michigan State, and I also am an in, in a marketing intern at Wharton Center. Um, and so I got to work on Jagged Little Pill um, this past year, and it was super fun. What would you say are some of your like personal experiences with the album? Because I know I was born only a year before you, but I'm actually really curious to hear. I feel like I actually, listening to you talk about your experience, I was kind of the same. I, did, I like, knew her songs. Like, I've definitely heard You Wanna Know before, but I actually, like, never knew it was all in the same album. Like, all these, like, ironic, those same, like, big songs that you also have heard. Um, and so, like, after st- I started listening to the Jagged Little Pill music for work because I was writing social media captions for them. And I was like, wait a second, I literally know all of these songs. And then sure enough, I figured out who it was by. Um, So I feel like it's very similar to you and just like, and then once I like knew it was by her, I was able to listen to more music and fall in love with more and more of them. I feel like that's a very similar pattern for a lot of people is just with any artist in general, they hear the songs, they don't know the names of the songs, they don't know who they're by, but once they realize it, they're like, oh, like, I've definitely heard so much more by this person before. Or they want to listen to more. Like, that makes me want to listen to, like, more of the songs that I didn't know before. Yeah, and that's definitely a pattern, I feel like, with Alanis' music is she has this whole album, but she has so many other albums, and you would never know. For our generation, at least, I think that these songs on her Jagged Little Pill album are definitely her most popular ones. I'm not as familiar with her other songs. Um, But actually, fun fact about Alanis, she didn't have a record deal when she started recording the Jagged Little Pill album. She was kind of discovered. um, They brought one of her songs to a station, and then once it played, everybody was in love with her, everybody wanted obviously right and everybody (laughs) wanted to play her music um but on release people loved her album they raved about it there was nothing really like that during this time um which is kind of how it became so popular which is really interesting to me because nowadays it's so hard to break into the music industry but for her I wouldn't say that it was easy but it definitely came naturally it's kind of like how people get dis- used to get discovered from YouTube like that's kind of what it reminds me of because you know she kind of just got discovered one day they brought her song in that kind of changed the game for her but once the album became popular one thing that i remember learning about her is that she was like held up at gunpoint and that kind of contributed to a lot of trauma which then was incorporated <laughs> into her music wow. also it's when she started to realize that she was in this business and kind of her claim to fame as bad as it sounds but <laughs> she was becoming popular but honestly like her music was successful enough for them to create a whole musical about it yeah so now getting into the songs i guess we can break them down a little Ooh. so the first song that you hear on her album is called all i really want and it starts her album off with some harmonica and loud drums and it's the first taste that you get of her and her angst um you can immediately hear her very specific tone in her voice that sets her apart um i know that it's not a taste that a lot of people prefer but I mean what do you think appreciate it yeah Yeah. I think it's like it's definitely takes a little bit of getting used to but then once you are able to like listen to it and appreciate the way that she can like 
I don't even know the word, but like manipulate her voice. It's really cool. I definitely agree. You can totally tell that the music is from the 90s just based off the sound (laughs) and compared to the music at the time. Essentially, she's singing about things that she wants in a person. Um, But like also the world, I think it can also represent like activism right now. Um, She has her line, all I really want is some peace, man, a place to find some common ground. And I think that that kind of people are still wanting that. It's also crazy because this came out years and years and years ago, decades ago, and people are still wanting these same things. Yeah, it's definitely like, I feel like we can even use it now for social change and like showing that, you know, we've been wanting this stuff for three decades now, two? Yeah, a long time. time. (laughs) We've been wanting it for a long time. And so it's like, Come on, like, the change needs to happen now. I definitely agree. The next song on her album is You Oughta Know. This is honestly one of, yeah, one of her most popular songs. Like I said, I knew it before. You said you had heard it it before. To me, it's honestly basically her yelling in the version of a song. (laughs) Do you agree with that? Yeah, and I remember, like, when I saw Jagged Little Pill, too, it was, like, even that song, like, in the musical is very loud and just, like... Hard rock angst. Yeah. Yeah, she like basically yeah she basically has no filter <laughs> Um, but it's her second song in the album. It was her first single released. When it came out, people said it really set the tone for her album because honestly, yeah. And honestly, it gave license to like a type of female sexuality and anger that wasn't really seen like on a professional scale. Um, to me and to other people, it showed like that women get equally as angry as men, I think, especially like because she sounds like she's yelling throughout the lyrics. <laughs> honestly, she's yelling for things that she wants. Yeah. Um, there's the line, like, for example, is she perverted like me? Would she go down on you in a theater? The song is marked as explicit, but like, I feel like nowadays, unless you're listening to like rap, these aren't lyrics that you would hear from a female artist. But what do you think? Yeah, I definitely think like you hear stuff like that all the time in male artists, but like very rare, especially in the same like concepts that like she's talking about that I think she's talking about in this like other female artists say it in a very different way. I agree. Getting across like the same point essentially. And I feel like also nowadays things are a lot more sensitized. Like even if a song is marked as explicit, it's still there's certain guidelines that you have to follow. But like again, this was in the nineties and I feel like you could kind of just like get away with anything, especially because the music industry was booming at that time. Um but David Brown of Entertainment Weekly, I did some research. Um, He was intrigued by You Oughta Know, but he found the rest of the Jagged Little Pill album much harder to swallow. What do you think about that? That's interesting because of how intense that that song is. And I feel like compared to some of the other ones, like a lot of the other songs are, some of them are calmer. I don't know if that's the right word, but I feel like that's very interesting just because of the, I don't know, it's just the fact of how intense the You Oughta Know is compared to some other songs that it's definitely shocking kind of to hear that people, that, you know, him. That people people like that that song over, yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Um, I also think too, like again, when this album came out, that was the type of music that was popular. Um, Nowadays, I don't think people would love you ought to know as much as some of her calmer songs. It, yeah, definitely be a very lim- like a limited demographic of people. And I also think um, this is nowadays just like a good song to belt out 
in a car and like scream the lyrics because of the angst. Oh yeah. Um, but honestly, it kind of reminds me of Demi Lovato's current style now. Not yeah. not like when Demi was first coming out with music, but I think now it's more like really grungy rock it's like angst. Skyscraper, but like yelling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same concept, um, different tone. Different tone. <laughs> um, and I think if it were to have come out now, like I don't think people would enjoy it as much as some of her other songs on this album. Um, the next song on the album is called Perfect. It is our first taste of a slower song on the album. It's not super popular. I honestly had never even heard of it because it's not a single but she's singing about expectations in her life um and it's still really relevant um there's like a line it's don't forget to win first place don't forget to keep that smile on your face and i think as people who are around the age she was when she made the album like that's super relevant now because it just like has to do with like social norms and you know you have to be yourself you don't have to create this image for yourself just to please other people could be with family could be with friends could be really anything so i'm curious to hear your take on that yeah no i definitely think i mean i know even in my own life and our own like family dynamic it's like that song definitely hits home and not not that i think in the way i don't know i think that everyone can kind of connect to that especially like if you're the older sibling um i feel like a lot i'm not the older sibling um but i feel like older siblings can probably relate to that um trying to be like the perfect child and i know just the way that they put that into the storyline of jagged little pill also was great i agree 100 percent. i think that if anything if any of her songs are going to come through to people as an individual this one really speaks to me just because you know it talks about all these expectations. The next song on her album is Hand in My Pocket. This is one of her most iconic songs. Um, when it came out, it... It's still an icon. It still is an icon. On release, it topped the modern rock chart and reached number eight and number four on the mainstream top 40 and album rock track charts, which is very interesting. It doesn't really honestly come off to me as like a super rock song if no. anything now more days this would be more of like a pop song like it's very boppy yeah. it's very more chill again than you ought to know i agree i mean it's a fun song um but i definitely think that like it's not i wouldn't classify it as rock by any means so I yeah i agree her, and it, it's not and you know her to maybe her raspiness and her tone is what they why they're saying that but um it doesn't have like the loud guitars and drums and all that that i would consider like in a rock song and i think maybe it's just because like we sit there and we're comparing it to her other songs that are very mm -hmm. clearly rock like you ought to know and so maybe that's why but mm -hmm. yeah well the song in general it just basically puts into perspective the things that are most important in life it has a lot of lines that kind of contradict each other but it just again just like puts into perspective the things that are important i think if this was released now it would be really popular i mean it oh, still yeah. is really popular no, but i think that gen z would go crazy for it i agree and i also think that too it's like the things she says are a little outdated but i still think that they aged pretty well in the sense mm -hmm. where like that is something that people say a lot. Like, I, I'm drunk, but I'm sober. Mm -hmm. um, and just a lot of her other lines are very similar. The next song on her album is called You Learn. It's another favorite of mine. Love. It just has such a great, like, 
positive sound to it. It's like a very vibey song. It's like a self-help soft rock song. And this one I would say soft rock because her tone and just like the way that she sings like isn't like super like heavy metal this is rock. When it came out, people said that it created a mood of pissed but positive. <laughs> I agree with that, though. She's kind of like like her one line is swallow it down with a jagged little pill, which obviously has the album's name in it. I think that it represents the things that we don't want to face, but like we do anyways. And then you learn from it. Hence the name. <laughs> you learn no i literally so i was doing when i was doing the marketing for it i was watching a video of the it was the jagged little pill cast i think it was the tour cast and they were sitting down singing it and i literally almost cried it was so it was just like it's just a beautiful song yeah and it has a great message if this was released now i think it would a hundred percent be popular and i wish that this song was more popular than it is because again like not a lot of people know it but it's just a pretty song and it's again like a nice little song to like bust out in the car and like vibe to i think yeah the next song on her album is head over feet again another iconic song essentially about realizing that you've fallen in love with your best friend at least according to alanis but on release critics said that they preferred the angsty rock version of alanis after it was released as a single which As someone who is now 21 years old in the year 2023, honestly, I prefer the opposite. (laughs) I get that. I think that, I think it's a fun song and having a more like rock tone is kind of hype. I think with her too, I guess, if you think about it in this way, like her tone was a rock tone. If you hear her voice, it just like immediately has that tone to it. So I guess thinking about it in terms of that, like, I don't know if this song was the best choice for her album because of the rest of the songs, but at the same time, I like how it was different. Like, because a lot of artists don't do that. They don't put, like, a different kind of song in their mm-hmm. album, so it is kind of nice to have the di- the diversity. People also said that it worded itself brilliantly. It provided words that, like, shaped a generation, which that I do agree with. The metaphors are kind of, like, young and kind of outdated. They're very simple, but they're also very detailed and, like, mature sounding. But I think that the message still stays true. Like, you want to meet your person, and that's kind of what she's singing about. I think that Head Over Feet, yeah, I think the message definitely stands, and I think that you can interpret it kind of in whatever way that you want to. Um, Mm -hmm. Her last song on the album is Ironic. It's a super iconic song. But when the song came out, it actually faced a lot of lashback because the song's use of situational irony led people to debate if it was actually the correct application of the term ironic. And actually in the musical, they also poke fun at this. And I just remember the whole audience was dying of laughter when it came out alanis said and this is kind of funny and this is a really good way to spin it she said it was more ironic that she was singing a song about irony that wasn't even ironic and i honestly (laughs) think that that's a really good way to look at it um but like the line of it's like rain on your wedding day it's a free ride when you've already paid like is that ironic no, but like that's what the fun. Of that's it what's is. funny, right? I agree. <laughs> uh, she's able the ability to like her, for her to add humor into like a serious song mm-hmm. is great. 
And this song became so popular. Um, if anything, like this was the main song that I heard when I was a kid. And still now, I was at LAX the other day. I had literally just landed and I'm in the airport and I heard this song. Really? And I couldn't help but sing. No, I just catch myself like, isn't it ironic? <laughs> I agree. But nowadays, um, if the song was released now and just in general, like when the song plays, I think people would like it more for the tune, not necessarily the lyrics. Also, yeah. I don't think people in our generation are particularly like listening super closely to the lyrics. I think if anything, they're listening more for the tune. I mean, obviously people like to relate to a song, but this is kind of like a funny boppy song. I had this like conversation one time with my family of like, do you listen to the beat of a song or do you listen to like the lyrics? Mm -hmm. But I feel like I'm a lyrics person, but I think sometimes like with this song, you just have to like go to the beat right i think for this song i honestly might be well i think with alanis's music it's kind of a mix of both like you you have to acknowledge the lyrics (laughs) yeah as for the future again i think that alanis was before her time i don't think when she started recording this she realized how big it was going to be she just had a passion she liked to perform people saw her as again also visually appealing um but she was kind of the first to have this style like especially as a female I definitely think because of Jagged Little Pill, like the musical, Mm -hmm. I think that it's gonna come back and like make another hit. And I think that I don't know about like the newer kids, like generations, if how like popular it'll be for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Like unless they're like theater kids listening to the Jagged Little Pill album. (laughs) But I do think for our generations, like or for like in 20s kind of um i think that it definitely is gonna make kind of a comeback and i think just the more popular that the show gets her album is gonna get because i know like when i see like other musicals it's like even if i'm listening to like a cast recording but if it is a jukebox musical i want to go back and listen to the original song yeah i definitely agree it's so cool to see how that like all transpires into one so i definitely think it'll become popular i hope it'll become popular again (laughs) i know it's kind of underrated nowadays but it also still is popular you can still hear her songs being played in places today um i honestly get really excited when i hear it because it's just so classic it's so good like when i was at the airport and i heard ironic i was like okay like i'm vibing with this as i get my luggage and then i feel like it's something that not only younger generations can like listen to and like but like older generations who did grow up with the music they'll like it too exactly so it's really versatile in that way and it's something like i've bonded with my family over this mm-hmm. the fact that i really like her music but that being said we will be right back to talk more about jagged little pill after this short break My name is Nick Flores. My name is India Stallworth. My name is Chen Jingshan. When I complete my degree, I want to work in sound design. I want to become a screenwriter for television. I want to work in the filmmaking industry. My name is Nick Flores. My name is India Stallworth. My name is Chen Jingshan. And, and I, I am from our side. Start your journey at comartsai.msu.edu.
mentioned, Jagged Little Pill was adapted into a musical in 2018, and it's based off of Alanis's Jagged Little Pill album. Obviously, listening to the songs on the album is one thing, but seeing them performed live on stage tells a whole different story. And a few weeks ago, I actually had the honor of speaking with Allison Shepard, who plays Bella Fox in the show, and it was really interesting to hear her take on the album's relevance as someone who performs the songs on stage every night. Um, so now let's take a listen into a little bit of my interview with Allison to hear her thoughts. Truly, I love the album so much. And I think what's brilliant about the album as a whole is it really is like it really does have a through line story to it, like Alanis's original album, which is why I think it was genius to make it a musical. And every piece really like feeds off of each other to create like one complete album, which I think music in general nowadays, I feel like you're trying to whip out like hit after hit after hit. Mm -hmm. So an album is just a lot of really catchy songs. But I think especially at the time that this album was big, all of the songs told one cohesive story. I think that's what's so cool about our show um, is like Alanis's album originally, you know, she wrote this album when she was 19 years old. And it was like so cutting edge when it came out because it was like this young female voice that was angry and angsty and like writing about things that people don't talk about. Like at that time, like there was just like so much demanding to be seen as a woman. Like there's just so, there, there was so much that she was fighting for. And they created this piece that is a bunch of young people stepping up and like demanding to be seen and demanding their causes to be heard. Um, which is so prevalent in society today. Um, and I feel like it's more powerful now than ever. So the show obviously deals with a lot of heavy topics such as drug abuse and for your character, Bella, sexual assault, and a lot of the stories told through music. So what does performing these songs and spreading these messages every night mean to you? It's such an honor to bring awareness to so many like important topics through music because I think a lot of people I think sometimes it's easier to tune out words than it is to tune out music and the great thing about Alanis is her songs are very catchy and so her music does a really great job of like getting stuck in people's heads and so you know which means that the themes get stuck in people's head and it it really is like for my storyline in particular it's incredible to be able to spread those messages around the country. How do you think that the album has adapted over time? I think that um, what's incredible about this album is I do think that it has stood the test of time. And I do think it has something to do with the fact that, you know, Alanis wrote this as a a 19-year-old young woman, like, trying to assert her voice and stand up for what she believes in. And I think it's, you know, great that we have the album to, you know, relate to. I think in some ways it's easy to make the album is still as relatable as it is. And that the songs can be applied to such, um, as far as, like, the musical goes in 2018 you know it was written then with causes that were important in 2018 that like you know the creative team felt like they needed to shine a light on and it's kind of sad that it's still the same things that we're fighting for and so I think that that is like on one hand kind of sad but on the other hand kind of cool that now we're taking this show finally around the country so we're getting to spread awareness and spread these like topics and and fight for them loud and all around but as far as the album goes you know Alanis is writing about like heartbreak and fire and passion and like who can't relate to that I think it's an album that like you know will outlast all of us and still stay relevant 
I think that it was really interesting to hear Allison's perspective um, because as she had mentioned to me, she grew up as an Alanis fan and now she gets to share Alanis's music around the country. People come and sit in the audience not really knowing what they're signing up for. Like you have to be prepared to go through all these emotions and kind of battle things and face things that you might not necessarily be comfortable with facing at the time um and the musical does a really good job of kind of pushing your thoughts yeah i mean i think that she hit the nail on the head i mean it's just kind of what we were talking about even before of just the topics of bringing up things that weren't necessarily talked about back then Mm -hmm. um but the way that they can put that into a story. And I think that being able to have, I mean, I don't know how old she is now, but being able to have a whole new, like, younger version, kind of, of her album, I think it just brings those topics and, like, they can make it about the thing, like, new things that they, you know, in social justice that they want to change. It's cool to see that the actors care so much about the story they're putting on, especially because of the topics that are in Mm -hmm. the show. Um, So I think the way that they care about the show and the words that she's written or in the songs is incredible. And I think it really speaks to the quality of the show and the quality of the acting. And it just makes it more enjoyable to watch, especially because it's not like it's an it's enjoyable to watch, but it's not like it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. a little bit. But it's like they do it so well that it's a good uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And it really like I know I walked away like just thinking about it. And me too. Stuff like that. I ever since I saw the show, I I mean, I've seen it three times, but I have not been able to stop thinking about it because of the story, but also in the way that they performed the music, the way that they took such a popular album from the 90s and created it to be so modern and recent. I was crying during the show. Like It's, it's crazy. Just, yeah. They, Allison also brought up a very great point about how, um, you know, the musical was created in 2018 with these themes of sexual assault and gun violence and, you know, rights and basically every social justice issue. And it's kind of sad that these things are still relevant today and it's things that people are still fighting for which I thought was very interesting when she said that on the topic of the musical and I know we kind of touched on this a little but how do you think that the release of the musical impacted the album's current popularity I think it definitely brought a younger demographic Mm -hmm. I know I know people who like are obsessed with the musical that are you know our age and I think that that people that wouldn't necessarily I mean just like we were saying in the beginning I would have never known that it was Alanis Morissette, like, mm-hmm. that those songs were all in the same album, like, together. And so I think that it definitely makes it more aware to younger generations who like the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I see it is when I saw the show every single time, I was still one of the youngest people there. Um, just in general, has an older demographic because of the album, but now I'm a huge fan of the album, and I literally listen to the album on repeat every day. But as Allison said, it's one thing to just listen to the album you know, through on, you know, Spotify, but it's another thing to see it performed live and you kind of take the songs and they give you a new meaning to them. No, you feel it 100%. I do think that it is something that the older generation does need to hear. It's a wake up call. And Allison did say to me, she was like, you know, like we have seen people get up and walk out of the show mid show just because they don't realize the story and they don't realize that when they're signing up to sit there that they're going to be 
hearing some hard truths that they might not want to hear. Yeah. Um, but I think that in general, for the younger generations that are seeing the show, it 100% makes the music more popular. I mean, again, I probably wouldn't listen to it on repeat if I hadn't mm-hmm. seen the musical. Um, but it's also fun to then walk into places and hear her music being played and be like, oh my God, I just saw this performed on stage last week. Yeah. Um, so I just think that overall... Um, If anything, it's made it even more popular nowadays. And I also think it's connecting the musical theater world with the music industry. I I agree. Because we need more of that. How do you think that the album has influenced other artists and musicians in the industry? Speaking of that. Artists. Um, I think that it is going to give artists, they like... I hope it makes them think about the songs they're writing and the stories behind them. Like, mm-hmm. I hope that they add meaning to some of their songs or write songs about topics that need to be discussed. Mm-hmm. I think they have a platform. I that. I think a hundred percent. Nowadays, people are putting a lot of their feelings and emotions into songs. Also, when I think of this, like Demi Lovato again first comes to mind because like their music is like a very similar music style nowadays, but it's not always something that's favored, but it's something that's like kind of unique now. Like I used to be a huge Demi Lovato fan, would not go to a concert now just because it's not really my vibe anymore. Um, But I think Alanis is very similar in the sense of like when she did release this album, this was the music of the time. And I think people are starting to adapt that style a little bit more because they've seen it be done before and they've seen how popular it got her. So now the question, the big question is, does it hold up? I think so. I think absolutely. I think that the album explores themes like anger, you know, heartbreak, self-empowerment, and these are universal and timeless. Um, People can relate to these emotions and experiences today, obviously, but um, regardless of whether they discovered the album now or in the 90s, I think that many of the issues that she had dresses like sexism like body image addiction they're all still relevant obviously today um but i think that if anything this album can serve as a reminder of these ongoing issues that people face she was singing about this in 1990 and people are still struggling with these things in 2023 yeah i think that i mean people can connect to it and they're gonna continue to connect to it for generations to come. I think, too, that, like, the lyrics, like, help break down traditional gender roles. Um, 100%. And this is still something that, you know, women are fighting for today, like, gender equality and representation. Um, and especially when she was a female starting out in the industry, like, it wasn't easy for her. As I said, she was held up at gunpoint. But I think that, like, if anything, the Jagged Little Pill album helped set the tone for the rest of the music industry and for artists today yeah agreed no um i think that people are going to be inspired by her definitely to make their music meaningful and take their own experiences and put those in well thank you so much rachel for joining me today thank you for having me sydney of course and also shout out to allison shepherd from the cast of jagged little pill for letting me chat with her as well that's all for today we'll see you next time on the classic holdup thank you guys Find The Classic Holdup on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us at Audio Video Land for updates, teasers, and behind-the-scenes content of all Audio Video Land productions. The Classic Holdup is an Audio Video Land production by digital storytelling students of Michigan State University in collaboration with Impact 89FM.